0: work less, and earn more. You've already earned it. Let's make it happen. Welcome to the Celebrate Brave podcast. I'm Nicole Church-Steinbach, your host and the International Bravery Coach for Women in Tech. I serve women all over the world to earn more money, create more opportunities, and thrive in the tech industry because tech needs all of us. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to this episode of the Celebrate Brave podcast. I get to share with you an incredible conversation with a friend, a role model, a fellow entrepreneur, a fellow parent, and so much more. Her name is Arzu Zarafshan. And you're going to just, oh, there's so much. She's a former executive, entrepreneur. She is a mom. She is an immigrant. And she, like I said, is a role model. I've known Arzu for a couple of years now. And I have witnessed how she never gives up on herself. And she never gives up on you. You know, in this conversation we both share deeply personal and in my case the first time I've ever shared part of my story of leaving of exiting corporate. You know, we talk about breaking free from situations, relationships, habits that that just don't serve us and how the deeply painful experience and process of self-discovery, of choosing ourselves. And we do not skip the pain part. Too many people are running around trying to skip to the good part. The good part is created as we walk through the pain, the painful self-discovery. And one of the things that I really want to pull out from this conversation, my biggest uh aha, my biggest uh aha was all of that led us to who we are. In this conversation, we speak very little about what we do and we talk about who we are. And so, the inspiration that this conversation is going to give to you, oh, I just, mm, I'm so proud to bring this into the world. And what I want to encourage you to do is, after you listen, take some time and consider what are some of the potentially painful steps of self discovery are in front of you. This is part of my accountability, the own it like a boss, what opportunity and what obstacles are in front of you that you need to address, that you can address, that you are potentially avoiding. And who do you want to become? And with that, I gift you this amazing conversation With an incredible woman in technology. You will leave this episode changed. Hello, brave people, and welcome to this episode. I am super excited to share a person that is a brave role model for me in my life. Arzu, welcome. Thank you. Welcome, Welcome. Thank you. So one of the things that I am so excited about your profile is that you have an executive background, you have this founding background, you're also a caregiver, you have a very global background. And so for all those reasons, I was drawn to you when I first met you. And then your heart and your devotion, but also your clear speak just is one of the reasons I'm like a moth to the flame. (laughs) (laughs) What do you really want people to know about you as we enter into this brave conversation?
1: Thank you for having me, Nicole, and the feeling is very mutual. I'm Arzu, and yeah, I'm a mom, an entrepreneur, a former global executive, an immigrant, What do I want people to know about me? You know, that I'm all of those things. And I think if there is one thing that I want everyone to, I I hope that it is synonymous with my name, is that I never stop. I don't stop. I don't quit. No matter what. You know, I have to rephrase what I said. If I believe in a mission... I don't stop. I do stop toxicity
0: when I sense it and then I pick a different path
1: and then I keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that really inspires me. So the listeners have heard a lot of stories from me and follow women in technology about speaking up. And one of the things that Being in the group that we were in, so we were in a mastermind for a year together, was experiencing at least two other women who would notice a step towards unhelpful behavior, a step towards a mindset that doesn't serve and holds people back. Some people, you know, toxic, right? Mm -hmm. But before that, and clearly communicating, let's go this way. Correct. And I think that's one of the most, I'm hesitating to say this because there's so much beauty, but I feel, I I genuinely feel right now for a lot of my clients and for myself as well, this is a skill is meeting the trend before it's toxic Mm -hmm. and shifting before it's truly toxic. But I know that for myself, I only learned that Because I was in really toxic situations. Yeah, Yeah, it's unfortunately, you have to
1: have some battle scars in order to learn that skill. It's not something that I at least don't know if anyone can say that, oh, I can I can sense it before it happens to me. And it's never happened to me for that reason. Most people that can can sense it before it happens is because they have been in toxic situations and then they know the signs so then they learn how to identify before they step into it
0: that is such a powerful summation of exactly what i was trying to say thank you that that is the insight we can identify it because we've been inside of it yes 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 which i think brings us potentially to your brave story I, you know,
1: this is a hard one that you were asking me, what's your brave story? And there are many moments in my life, that as I look back, I think, my goodness, wow, that was brave. What That was brave.
0: <laughs> yeah. But at the time, you're like, I'm okay, doing I'm doing this. this. Yeah. I'm doing this. And yeah. but the yeah.
1: theme yeah. amongst all of it is breaking free from something that didn't serve me and even at that time when it feels scary and on paper everything is right and it feels safe at that moment breaking free of it and again recognizing that this doesn't serve me that's the theme my you know Mm. I have I have many but I think the most defining one happened to me 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. So I was was living in Chicago with my then-fiancé, now husband, and I had a big global job. Teams across the world, traveled across the world, lived in a humongous house on a private golf course and big title, fancy cars, you name it. And on paper, everything looked good. Everything... So on paper it was
0: like check 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 success yeah okay okay I did not know you lived in Chicago and that gave me a big smile for some reason yeah
1: you know truth be told it was suburbs of Chicago but but you know everybody who lives in suburbs of Chicago they say that they live in Chicago so anyways yeah again on paper everything looked really really good but I was in a job that was making me miserable. And it wasn't so much the job itself, it was the people that I worked with, minus my boss. I loved my boss. My boss is still a dear friend, but he left <laughs> when things changed. And then it was just very, very toxic. And for a long time I kept telling myself, oh no, I like this. No, it's good. It's these are the challenges I need to I need to face. And these are good. But you know I mean, how much can you lie to yourself? And I mean, there were days that I would just leave the office and go cry somewhere. Oh, yeah, God,
0: I've been there. Yeah, oh,
1: God, I've been there. There was one time that you know after the regime changed, then my boss, you know left and I was in this executive meeting, you know, at the highest levels of the company. and in this meeting, and I was I think I was the only woman, I think. In this meeting, I was feeling mm. so down and so sad and just pent-up emotions. And I kept telling myself, I can't cry here. I cannot cry in this room. I, I I, will not cry. But I knew that that was not possible. So what did I do in this meeting room? I put on my sunglasses because I did not want people to see me cry, you know? And, yeah. Um Anyway, so... Yeah, we will twist and twist and twist yeah, ourselves, won't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it finally affected my health and my health spoke to me. So it put me out for three months on disability. While I was on disability, you know, just kept thinking, what do I do? Do I go back? And by the way, I had a promise of a promotion from the CEO that when I go back oh i will even have a bigger title and bigger job bigger pay but i just i decided i'm gonna quit and this was 2010 which was the middle of the recession the 2008 recession so two years later the economy hadn't come back definitely not in illinois I had, you know, all those fancy things yeah. that I told you about meant debt. That's what it meant. And, you know, we had this house, this mortgage, all this stuff to pay for. And quitting also meant walking away from my equity in the company. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I did that. I did that. And it was scary And then my then fiance and I decided Illinois just doesn't work for us, so we moved to Colorado. And Mm. you know, things worked out
0: afterwards. Things worked out. So you have on okay, so on paper, success, 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 success. I know that for me, when I was in the board meeting and I was miserable. I kept telling myself hundreds of people want to be sitting right where you are. Be grateful, be grateful, be grateful, be grateful. Hundreds of people. They flew you from Colorado to be in this room back to Germany. Why aren't you grateful? Why? Like I had this whole internal nonsense Mm -hmm. happening. It was so painful and Mm -hmm. suffering so much, just like you. I'm so grateful you're sharing this story. Wow. I'm really tearing Mm -hmm. up for us. Well, for me it was 4 years ago, for you it was 10 years ago, like the just with grace of this experience, like we share this experience, right? And then you've got gold and now you're being offered platinum and you decide you're not going to lie to yourself anymore. I mean, that's so much the process that I went through as well. Yeah. And you have to leap and- into the
1: unknown. That's the scary part. It wasn't that I was and it's the same for you, Nicole. It wasn't that I was yes, moving yes. from this job to this job. I was moving from, to your point, gold and platinum into nothing. Into nothing. nothing.
0: So when I left, I felt like I was leaping into me though.
1: Great point. Great point. And you're right. So that means that you had enough of self knowledge, self-understanding, self-awareness to know that you are leaping into you. For me, my Mm -hmm. corporate identity was was a defining element of me. I didn't know me outside of what was on paper. Yes. And it took six months for me to find myself and it was hard it was one of the hardest thing that i've ever done in my life but it was so good it was go from having a routine having people having a big title to like i said none of that go to networking meetings with all kinds of fancy people they ask you so what do you do uh i i'm in transition it's a humbling experience i one of the things that I wanted to do when I re-examined my career focus, my professional focus, you know, I put myself through an executive professional development through Kellogg, which was pretty spendy. and That's the type of things that usually yeah. companies honor their employees and pay for that training for their employees. So I did it for myself. I said, I want to I go through this training and explore this other professional domain. And I was... In a room of 60 people that had flown from all over the world by their companies, Swiss Air, Deutsche Bank. Yeah, that is
0: prestigious. Prestigious, Prestigious, pricey. And
1: everyone has a title. I am so-and-so and and senior vice president of Schneider Electric. I am so-and-so and chief operating officer of British Airways, et cetera, et cetera. I'm Arazu Zaraf, Sean, and I have no title. And and it was humbling. It was so humbling. But yeah. that six month, and I, I put myself through a lot of self-studies, you know, Johnson O'Connor Institute to learn about my aptitudes and other kinds of studies that show me, you know, who am I really? Who am I? Who's Arizu outside of? all of this stuff, the professional uh, who uh. am I? How am I wired? And it was a six-month process. It was very, very difficult. But that's when, to your point, Nicole, I didn't know me. When I left that job, I was leaping into nothing. And it took me six months to learn, all right, now I'm going to be me. I'm leaping into me
0: after taking a huge risk. Correct. Because six months for me sounds real fast. So before, before, (laughs) I don't think I've shared this publicly yet. Before I left corporate, and, and my story was a little bit, I had a series of really horrible managers and then suddenly a series of really amazing managers. And when those leaders and managers Left, it went back to probably what the norm was. Mm-hmm. I did nine months of therapy to emotionally separate myself, mm-hmm. like essentially divorce therapy, yeah, from that corporation, from that culture, and from the identification of myself as this is my title. I didn't start off. With that, I just started, I was suffering. I wasn't sleeping well. My eating disorder was getting some triggers. My family was miserable, right? And I started investing in myself in some different ways, having the company invest and then also therapy. Only maybe a couple months in, the therapist actually say, hey, I just need to pull to your attention. We're doing essentially divorce therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So six months for me sounds like you took an enormous risk. The stakes were super high. And then you took even, I mean, just getting into the Kellogg program and paying for that on your own is very impressive. Thank you. Yes. So you could make these huge leaps as part of your brave story. Wow. I did not know that about you. That's why I love these conversations so much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Would you do it again?
1: Well, would I do what again?
0: Would I take that leap? Would you take that big risk? Yeah. So you had your health situation, yeah. three months yeah. disability. Mm-hmm. You do it again. Absolutely, 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 mm-hmm. positively. Hopefully,
1: back to the point of not getting into toxic situations again. Hopefully, I won't make that mistake. But to be honest with you, that was—it was very different. I was—I was, I was uh, recruited to have this big job. When I met my boss who recruited me to come and do this, I was just, I was like, I have to work for this man. I, there's so much I need to learn from him. There's, and he's still to this day, we're great friends and he's a mentor. He's a wonderful human being. Um, mm-hmm. So I am so glad out of that experience, I got that relationship. And, you know, a lot of learnings and a lot of connections. But when the administration changed... And how everything became so incredibly toxic. Yeah, so would I do it again? You know, I probably would take that step earlier. When my boss left, I would leave. When the only thing that was making the environment tolerable for me, when that left, I should have left, but, you know, should have doesn't really help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there was a lot of things that I don't know if I would have gone through this really painful self rediscovery. If I had taken that step earlier, it really was painful. It was really painful. Because all of a sudden, I had no idea. I didn't know who's ours. What am I passionate about? What do I do? I wake up in the morning. What, what do I do today? What do I do? Yeah, so I'm really glad I went through it, and it was defining for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's one of those things. Like, that's a story that, for me, really crystallizes a belief, a very strong belief I have, that it's always who first. Yeah. And then what and how. Exactly Who right. am I? What lights me up? What weighs me down? Who do I want to become? And then the what. Mm-hmm. And then the what? And
1: then
0: the so what, what became the what? You know that I desperately want to share this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, Colorado, things worked out really nicely. I worked for a few big companies. And you work for corporate. you know how it is, right? Do you have private equity coming in? Private equity does what it does, which gets rid of the yeah. management. So we had that. We had another kind of a regime change in another company that I was at. So all in all, and Colorado being such a wonderful place for founders and startups and entrepreneurs, I found myself thrown into the entrepreneurial ecosystem. And I co-founded a company with a couple other women that unfortunately didn't work out. That company doesn't exist. Another anymore.
0: risk. Another, another risk. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. I um and I learned so much from that. I learned so much about what it's like to be an entrepreneur and how do you think like an entrepreneur? How do you, I don't want to say act, how how do you how do you do business like an entrepreneur? And how do you find your co-founders? And what do you look for? How do you find investment capital? So I learned a lot. From that. So that was my training ground. And then last year, actually, I should tell this story. This is actually a good story. So, you know, have always been very involved professionally, whether I've had a job or not. If I if I have a job, great. If I don't have a job, I network like crazy. I take classes, you know, you, yeah, you and totally. I. Yeah. I volunteer. So I did a lot of stuff while after that startup didn't work out. But I'm also a very involved mom. And my son is really intense. So him and I have a really, really close relationship. Always have had it. But, you know, when I had my big jobs, I had a full time home manager that that I trusted. She was awesome. She traveled with me. And so I really felt like while I was, you know, working, I could trust this wonderful human to care for my son and care for everything in the house. And I would come home and my son, yes, he would miss me, but... We can spend great time together because everything is done. I don't have to think about making dinner. I don't have to think about, you know, uh, cleaning the house. I don't have to think about giving him a bath or whatever, tidying up the room. It's all so him and I can spend time together.
0: And I love so much that you just said, I don't have to think about it because it's the thinking, the mental load that is, for me, bigger exhausted. than actually doing, doing it. the things. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh huh. Yep. So that was
1: when I had my big job. But then after I, after that, then she stayed with us for a couple of years, but then she moved on and I couldn't afford having a full-time home manager anymore. All of this stuff that she did now was on the family. My ambition didn't go away. I still wanted to be involved professionally. I still wanted to network. I still wanted to go to events. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. But all this other stuff is here too that needs to be done. So there was one weekend that it was particularly a difficult weekend for for our family. And I had signed up to be a mentor for a startup event event for women that weekend, the whole weekend. I signed up for it. And so what that meant was I had to leave the house and leave my husband and my son together for them to figure out what to do. And I really didn't feel good about doing that because it was just a very tumultuous time in our family and just a lot of tension between my husband and me. And I didn't really feel like that was the right thing to do. At the same time, I didn't want to cancel my commitment So we decided that my husband and my son were going to go spend the day at the Children's Museum.
0: Yeah, I love that And I was going
1: to go there with them and then take Uber, go to the startup event, do my mentoring, take Uber back, go to Children's Museum. You know, they've had a good day so we can go home. That was the plan. We did that. I took Uber, went to the startup event. But the whole time, my mind is racing. I'm thinking... Gosh, did I leave the stove on when we left the house? Do we have stuff for dinner when we go home? The mental load is real. Yeah. Did I Mm -hmm. take the dog out? What if she has an accident? Mm -hmm. By God, was my son wearing clean clothes this morning because I haven't done laundry for months, you know, or for weeks, Mm -hmm. I should say. So all of this is in my head and I look absolutely, I mean, all of that shows, right? It shows 100%. I, mean, I am 100%. just stressed yeah. and <laughs> my hair, like awful. I haven't had a haircut for months. I mean, just everything looked awful. So I went to this startup event, I was late and they uh, say, okay, we'll find a group. I find there's a number of women that are sitting together and talking. And I just went there and they were working on a concept called it takes a village and it was about mm-hmm. helping exhausted moms deal with all the overwhelm it was like therapy so i mentored them throughout the weekend unfortunately they didn't they didn't the concept was one that just couldn't work okay. from a business perspective it was pretty expensive for the market and we couldn't make the, the business concept work. So the problem
0: was clear. The solution wasn't. Wasn't. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. But I really like, it felt like the
1: universe was speaking to me and I connected mm-hmm. with those women after the startup event. And I said, look, you guys, you have to do this. Please do this. I will invest in you personally. I will bring on investors. I will help wow. you do this. And they, they didn't want to move forward with it. OK, so that was February of 2019. But the idea would, 2019, but the idea wouldn't leave me alone. And so finally, in August of 2019, I decided I'm going to move forward with this concept, and I figured out the business model so that it could work. There was a little bit of hurt feeling from those gals because I told them, I said, Look, I was so excited. I was like, Look, I'm going to market with this concept, and here's the logo, and here's, and they were, they were hurt. They were like, What, what, mm. what, I, how could you just go forward with it without us? But
0: they decided not they, to. I mean, in their
1: mind, they, they had put it on hold. Doesn't mean that they had decided to. Oh, and in my mind, okay. ideas have a shelf life. You can't just put things on hold. So, I reached back out several times and we never talked face to face, even though I had offered because I really wanted to make it work. I did not want them to feel like I stole their idea and and moved on because that wasn't the case. At the end, they wrote back and they said, yeah, we, we think that we spoke prematurely and good luck, we hope. You you know oh, yeah God. so okay. I hope that we okay. you know that I meant the means but anyway so the, the concept evolved. But
0: if I can just if I like ideas have a shelf life ideas have a shelf life and we're moving forward or we're not exactly. and I think one of the really powerful things about tech is that we can collaborate collaboration and abundance exists in tech like I would argue no other industry yeah. and your pace, your decision-making, your commitment either plugs you into that or plugs you out of it. And there is no hold in tech. I I know that I'm an extremist on this, but I'm going to say there's no No, hold on tech. And there are jobs. I just saw a, there are roles, not job, excuse me. There are roles. I just saw a report come out of, I think it's Fast Fortune, who said that 20 to 25% of positions that are expected to be created in the next three months of 2021 have never existed before in tech. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no hope. No there is extreme abundance, and it's up to us. Okay, so passion. I'm on my soapbox now. I get off my. No, soapbox. You're, you, no you're absolutely <laughs> right. You know, and and
1: it's especially true in tech. I agree. In my uh-huh. view, it's true on everything. You 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 want to yeah, do something? Do something. There is no better time. That's my biggest learning. It was interesting because those six months, February through August, that I, you know, the idea just wouldn't leave me alone. I kept telling myself, it's not the right time. I will do this when. I will do this when. And finally, I listened to myself and I said, no, I will do this now. Now is the best time. So, anyways, the company was launched. Under the brand Dispatch Mom a year ago, September 2020, from August 2019 through September 2020, we were brand building, building the app, building the technology. And when we launched in September 2020, we had a wonderful, wonderful customer. The very first day that we launched, (laughs) she was customer number one and she believed in us. And she hired us, and her name is Nicole Fitzstein. She's customer. She's, amazing. She's, amazing. I've heard her. She's amazing. She's amazing.
0: She's amazing. Because the problem is real. The problem is real. So, my husband, and I am so honored to have been your first customer. I didn't actually know I was your first customer until you told me later. Like, I was just like, I need on the gravy train. So, my husband was a stay at home dad for three years, and he is just naturally, innately better set up for certain things than I am. Whereas, I am like, miss ambition. I love creating things, I love getting results big thinker, all this stuff, which is fantastic for us. And we've over the course of, I think we've been together now for 18 years, we've switched roles many, many times, but this is our first time living somewhere where we do not have extended family support. Mm-hmm. We both have full-time plus professional roles and ambitions. We have two kiddos Jeff, sure. and ain't nothing getting cleaned. Right. Exactly. And I just want to stress that earlier in your story, and I wanna really wanna stress it for the listeners, listeners, do not slow down your career. A home management option is available to you anywhere in the world. When I lived in Germany, I had support. When I live in Colorado, I have support. And yeah. that is an option for us. Do not slow down your career. I see it way too much. Yeah. And so when I heard about your, I was like, so when you go live, when you go live, when you go live, when you go live. And I forget, I forget exactly what happened, but something happened when the person who was cleaning for us at the time, oh, she had a COVID scare. Uh That's what Uh it was. And I like ran to you and I was like, okay, I'm ready, let's go. Yeah. And you have made your service, your platform have genuinely made my house. And my body, through the food delivery, healthier. Yeah. yeah. Because the problem is real. The problem is real.
1: The problem is real. And I will go out and say this, Nicole, that this has nothing to do with how good, bad, indifferent, your significant other is in terms of... It, Preach! it really doesn't. It's, it's something mm-hmm. that helps families, okay? Yes. It's something that's... 100%. I, and there are people out there that love doing this for others and it gives them economic opportunities you know we have 19 what i call fairies which are service providers Mm, on our platform and these 19 fairies are gaining daily wages far higher than what they were able to They're making new connections with people. They're benefiting from an extended network. So they are benefiting. Our customers are benefiting. Do not slow down your career. You're absolutely right. Because now this is true for women. Women who take time off out of their career, they will never gain that back. They will never gain that back. There's studies after studies about how one year of time off sets you back multiple years in your career, how that will actually affect your earning potential by 20%. Okay. So that's a bad problem. That is a bad, I'm not condoning that problem, but that's the reality that, you know, when people choose to, and I know that this is like, it's, there's considerations for every family, but when people choose to step out because they feel like they can't do both, and we had so many yes. of this in in COVID time. When you step out because you feel like you can't do both, let's let's think again. Let's mm-hmm. see what options there are. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because what I have found, and this is an area where you and I have exchanged a lot about, is because we both have global background. So I was an immigrant for many years. You are an immigrant here. We can look at these various systems and say, we are told, I would argue American, so U.S. American women are told that it's their problem. And I will say it is not my problem. It is society's yeah. problem. Yeah. And so if I can keep myself, and I can't do this all the time, yeah. right? Of course, sometimes I sink underneath it. I'm human. If I can keep my eye on that, is society's problem, and I require a solution that can solve millions, but right now it needs to solve for me, right. then I can take inspired action based on my belief, based on my knowledge, based on my goals. And so can my husband. Mm-hmm. And I can say the same thing about Germany. I mean, Germany desperately, desperately, okay, so I don't think we've said the name of your company. It's called Call Emmy, which I love. Germany needs Call Emmy because families there are also suffering different problems, different stressors. Mm -hmm. And what kills me, and I didn't talk to you beforehand, so we can cut this out if you want. What kills me is that this is a problem to resolve for tens of millions at least, just in the United States. And we see these companies that are, you know, trying to solve again for tracking climate change data. There's already 200 some applications. They're getting all this coverage, all this investment, but it already exists. And you are doing something that solves for tens of millions of people like me who keep the economy mm-hmm. going, who are investing right. in other people, who are raising a family, all of these things. Why are people not, why are people who have been historically advantaged and have the money, why are they not pounding down your door and demanding to sit in your living room and write you checks? They are because I've got a clear picture of what needs they to happen. They are actually. Um,
1: <laughs> interestingly enough, oh, I mean, love it's, it. it's starting to come. I mean, we I mean, we we as you know, we started in September of last year, so we we're just having our one-year anniversary as a business, but really did with a rebrand called Emmy. By the way, my whole mm. manager was Emmy, that's her name. So that's why. With a rebrand, I mean, we're growing significantly and we have clients, we have a general counsel who lives in Texas, but she has a home here and her daughter lives here. And when she comes to stay at her home and visit her daughter and her granddaughter, she wants to spend that time with her daughter and her granddaughter, She does not want to worry about, oh, is my house clean? Do I have stuff in the fridge? She she doesn't. We have like one customer and I I wrote to her a couple of days ago. One of the services that we offer is we do in-home laundry and chores. So we go to people's homes Mm -hmm. and we kind of pick up the house. We do their laundry. We fold it. We just give them a few hours of relief. We had this customer who first... Said, oh, you're too expensive. And then she came back and she was hiring us once a week. And she just wrote to us. She's like, I can't live without the service. I want to do this twice a week. And so she can have that time to do what benefits her personally and professionally. So that could be, okay, go spend time with your kids. Go read a book. Go take a class. Go take a nap. Go for a walk. Yes. Go talk with your girlfriends. Go have a meeting with a client. Absolutely. Yes. And so it's Absolutely. really, really rewarding. For all of you who are listening and are in Colorado, download Call
0: Emmy, the app. Yes. And give us a try. You'll get hooked. Yes, 100%. 100%. So there's cleaning, organizing, laundry, laundry with and chores. chores. Babysitting, babysitting or child yes. care. And what other services do you have? We
1: are going to add a few more services. We don't have it yet, but one of the services that I'm really excited about is called, I don't know what to call it. So if anyone has a good, good suggestion, let me know. So you know the period between 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. is a really chaotic period for all families because you're transitioning yes. from work, you're transitioning into home, kids are home, you're trying to get ready for dinner, there's no downtime in 4 to 7pm. Right. And so we are trying to create a service where these fairies go to these homes from 4 to 7pm and do all of that so that the parents, the mom and dad can have a good, easier transition from work into their home. That will be
0: really powerful for caregivers, period. Yeah. Because especially for seniors who are coming out of the daycare and they're transitioning and perhaps they have physical stuff or dementia or whatever, that is such a hard time for, for those families. It's as very well. true. That's fa- the, witching the witching hour. The witching hour. The witching hour. That's very interesting. Yeah. Ugh. There's so many themes in this. Like, don't lie to yourself. All right, you can only do that for so long. Invest in yourself, believe in yourself. You can invest in yourself and your family with home management or other services. There is no hold period. There's today. You know, that always brings me to the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. The second best time is today. So plant the tree today. We've talked about what call Emmy is, the problem it's resolving. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. I think Yes. You maybe you've already started a little bit. Who is your brave role model from your life? My grandmother. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about your grandma.
1: My grandmother, she passed away in 19, 2004. My grandmother was a larger than life character. So she, you know, she was born. Early 1900s, yeah. She was 90, 93 when she died in 2004. So what is it? 1911 was when she was born in Iran and not even in the capital of Iran, in the provinces, you know, Western province.
0: Okay. So she was born into a monarch-based Iran? No. What would she have been born into? She,
1: yeah, at that time it was a monarchy in Iran. Okay, okay. But still, I mean, that was a very early monarchy. Very early monarchy. So she had sixth grade education. And she was saying that every morning, like, she would wake up and she would beg her mother to send her to school. Please, I want to go to school. So anyway, so she only got sixth grade education. And she was married off at age... She wasn't an adult, she was a child. So maybe 16, I think. Mm. Or no, maybe a little, even maybe 14. But her husband was also equally, like, they were children that, when they got married. And her husband was a wonderful man. So from that, she had, I don't know, my, what, well, she had four kids that survived and then a couple of kids that didn't survive. Oof. But no, no, no. This is not a bad story.
0: Listen to this. So she... Times were so different, different. weren't they? Like, I'm just so full of gratitude that my daughter has such a different experience. Correct.
1: Correct. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So with all of that, she lived in, again, in Western provinces until she was 40 years old. Her husband died of cancer. And he was like, what, 45? Just a few years older she had my mom was a very young child when my grandfather her husband died he had a lot of debt and my grandma paid off all the debt sold the assets moved her family from the west and she had moved the family before then moved the family from western provinces to tehran to the capital and when she moved her family to the capital her extended family, her husband's family, they all moved to the capital as well. <laughs> They're like, oh, she knows what she's doing. We're going to follow her. She knows what she's doing. So that she moved it. to Tehran. They all moved to Tehran. My My grandfather died. My grandmother liquidated the assets paid off all the debt and started investing. You were talking about investing in yourself. That's what my grandmother did. Started investing. Now, investing in herself, investing in her financial well-being. She started buying real estate and building homes and renting them and selling them. So all of that. I mean, she lived independently all her life. And she was the matriarch in the family wonderful human. She moved to the U.S. at age 85. She became a citizen at age 85. Now I'm going to ask you, what do you think the first thing she did when she moved to the U.S.?
0: I mean, I'm thinking about, it's not the same thing, but the refugees I supported were so focused on learning English so that their descendants could go to school, get an education. That's exactly it.
1: She signed up for English lessons at age 85. Yes. She borrowed my dictionary. I had this big (laughs) farce. Yes. And she had indexed it. And she would do her homework. And she would actually feel anxious about, oh, I got to do my homework. At age
0: 85. After a sixth grade education.
1: She will always be my brave role model. Because nothing stopped that woman. Nothing stopped her.
0: And you are so strongly walking in her footprints, standing on her shoulders. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. I have teared up. That is just beautiful and so inspirational as well. Her spirit, her memory, her lessons will move on. Through your generations. That's for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. That's for sure.
0: So how can people continue to learn from you, to experience you, to get involved and call
1: Emmy? Thank you. Well, so they can look me up on LinkedIn. I'm actually pretty active on LinkedIn. I'm trying to be more active on Twitter. So Twitter would be another one. I have a giant name which I'm sure it'll go in your podcast notes so just, <laughs> It absolutely yeah. will. So, look me up on LinkedIn or Twitter. Download Call Emmy. Emmy like Emmy Awards. E M M Y C A L L space
0: E M M Y download the app. Yeah, let's let's connect. Excellent. Yeah, and definitely. So, I'm not I'm not super active on Twitter, but on LinkedIn you really do. Your comments show up in my feed, and I definitely get value from your network in that indirect way as well. So, follow, follow, follow. Everything is in the show notes. Arzu, I'm so grateful Aww. for you sharing this incredibly vulnerable story and inspirational role model. I'm also deeply grateful for the service that you're bringing into the world. Thank you. And there are genuinely, fully, completely tens of millions of people who need to benefit for what you're bringing. And I so strongly believe that it's absolutely just the beginning. And I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you so much. Agree with me. Thank you. All right. It was an honor, Nicole. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Celebrate Brave podcast. If you're ready to build your brave, to live a life you love and create a career that matters to you, reach out. Together, we can spend time one-on-one to explore how I can help you. And until then, share this episode with people in your life, people who can join our movement to redefine brave. How we identify it, experience it, and celebrate it.